The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. One of my favorite stories of a person who was completely mevatel dato, and he understood that he had a great responsibility, and he acted on that. The story goes is that the Rishash, of Shmuel Shasan, he was, uh, besides for a tremendous Gaon, Sadiq, you look at the back of any Gemara, you'll find Chedushe HaGaot Rishash, amazing, brilliant, every single one, that Rishash was known that he had a table, a massive table, and he somehow had this pulley system or like some levers on with his feet that was by moving it or pressing certain buttons, the table would move. So it was like some type of like a revolving table. So he had, it was always full of Sfarim. So whenever he was onto one step and he wanted to move the next one, he moved it and it moved around. And he was a businessman supposedly and he was known to be a very wealthy businessman. But that was not his claim to fame. His claim to fame is knowing Shas and giving illuminating concepts that for the rest of eternity were always indebted to him for helping us and writing it and we have in the back of the Shas. So the story goes is that Reb Shmuel Strassen, the story goes, is that he had, because he was quite wealthy, he had a gamach, gemilot chesed fund, that he would allow people who needed to have loans extended to them, they would go to him. Now he had one ironclad rule, and the rule went as follows. The rule went is that when you borrowed money from this gemach, you had to have a shover, you had to have a ledger written out, and this receipt, the rashash he kept, so when the person would come back with the money and paid in full, he would give them back the receipt, and then the person hopefully would be smart enough and tear it up. You find the shover if you find the receipt, who does it belong to? The malveh, the lender, or the lover or the borrower, who do you give that to? Okay, anyways, that's the Gemara that talks about that. So the Rashash was very makbid every single time that he made sure to have alva, that he made somewhat a lending using the Gemach's money, this person would get their money back, and when the person gave, they got their money back and then was able to pay up, he would give them the receipt and then they would destroy it. So the story goes that one person took halva, I'm not exactly sure, it was a thousand golden coins, it was some significant amount, and the Rashash said, okay, I'm writing in my ledger, you owe me a thousand coins. Now, to appreciate the story, the Gemara tells us, Stam halva shloshim yom, that when a person borrows money, we can safely assume that people want to extend the amount of money that they have for as long of a time that they can. You never know, investments come up, people like paying in cash, and you can get a good deal here and there. So if you have access to hard cash, people are going to want to utilize that. So we can assume that when a person says they want to borrow money, they're going to want to hold on to the money to at least 30 days. This person who borrowed the money from the Rishash, apparently he did not know this Gemara, or he didn't want to hold on to borrowed money, maybe he had some fear or phobia, whatever it might be, and within a few days, his business turned around and he actually got back the money that he borrowed. He had immediately 1,000 gold coins. So instead of holding on the money and investing, 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 he said, you know what, I'm going to go back to the Rishash within a few days and return the money to him so I don't have that all of, the, of this, this yoke of trying to give back the, the halva. Okay. He comes back to the Rishash's study and the Rishash, you can imagine, sitting there learning and learning. And he was standing there one minute, two minutes, after five minutes of standing there and <clears throat> trying to clear his throat, the Rishash was completely oblivious, did not realize it. He figured, you know what, I'm not going to bother him. He's obviously learning. He's a Tamil Chacham. Maybe he glanced up, maybe he saw me, oh, whatever. You know what? I, it's a thousand golden coins. It's not like you'd be like, oh, you know, probably, probably put two and two together. The thousand golden coins is probably for me. I just did. So fine. So he put a little note. This is from, he said, from my name, a thousand golden coins. And he put the thousand golden coins with the note, this is from me, 
on top of his Gemara as the Rosh was sitting there closing his eyes very, very tightly, deep in concentration with his hand over his eyes, thinking back and forth, swaying to and fro. And then the man left. And as the money's sitting there with the note, the Rosh is going back and forth, ay, 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 ay. No, that can't be the Pshat. And with his eyes still closed, he closed the Gemara. And took the Gemara, put it back in the shelf with the money and the note there. Fast forward a few days later, day number 30 comes, the Rashash calls this young man to his study. The person's like, yes. He's like, Habibi, where's my money? Uh, you did? What are you talking about? No, you know, I paid. I came into your office, you were learning. Uh, are you sure about that? Listen, if you want an extension, I can give you more money, or if you need more time. No, you're saying I'm lying? I mean, I'm not saying, I, we have a rule here. I, 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 have, I give you back the receipt. You never got the receipt from me, so I have the receipt still, so I don't know what you're talking about. I gave you the money. Listen, you can't lie to me. Don't lie to my face. Don't tell me you paid when you did. I'm telling you, I paid. Listen, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm about to get upset at you. You're telling me to my face that you paid when you clearly did not, because how else do I not have it? I paid. Listen, I would advise you to please leave my study right now, and in the next two days, please get the money back, okay? Don't play games like this with me. And this person was so bewildered, he was so con- puzzled and concerned. He's like, what, I paid? Two days later, came back. I paid back. Listen, if you're going to do that, I'm going to have to tell people that you're a dishonest person. I paid back. Please get out of my study. He literally threw him out. And then, you can imagine, he, got, he was so embarrassed. And then people were saying, oh my gosh, what happened? And then, before you know it, everyone was saying he's a ganav. He's a thief. And I don't want to do business with him. That Ashash gave him a thousand golden coins. The audacity to lie to his face. What's wrong with him? And the family was so embarrassed about the story. They picked themselves up. It was in Vilna. And they left Vilna. They left Lithuania. And they went to some neighboring country or neighboring town. And they went there. All because of this mix-up. Story goes, a year and a half to two years later. That Ashash was going through a sugya. And he's going back and forth, back and forth. And he says... I know it's a Gemara somewhere. And he pulls out that tome, that Gemara that he hadn't seen in a long time, opens it up, and as he opens it up, what falls out? A note with a thousand golden coins. He looks at it, and it's the name of the person. He goes, oh my gosh, what did I just do? What did I just do? Immediately, he got up, he ran to his shamash, he says, quick, Get me a, a, a wagon. We have to go immediately and find out where this person is. And they start going all around the town. And people are like, oh, he's a guy. Now, anyways, he found that one person who used to be a friend of his. He said, I think I heard maybe he's in a neighboring town, a neighboring village. Maybe you should go there. Anyways, they go there. They're asking around. Every moment is precious to him. And he wants to ask Mechilah from this person. Finally, he finds this person living out in the middle of the boondocks, in the middle of nowhere, out in the sticks. And he's out there. And he comes knocking on his door. And the man was there. He says, what do you want? You call me a, a Ganav again? You're going to tell me that I'm a wicked man? You're going to tell me that I'm going to burn again? No, I don't want the Mustard. Thank you. Slams the door in his face. He knocks again on his face. Please, please, I'm begging you. Open the door. Yes. I'm so sorry. Please. I embarrass you like that. Please, Mechila. And he says, I didn't realize. You were right. You were saying that I met the whole time. But I, ne- I have a rule that I never give out. I never, I never allow the money to get back past me unless I give you a, the shovet, unless I give you the receipt. And here, I didn't give that to you. I'm so sorry. It was, obviously, it's a mix-up. Can you please accept my apology? And he says, accept your apology? When am I going to get my, my reputation back again? 
people are going to say, oh, the Rishash, such a tzaddik. You know why he's doing this? Because he feels bad. And tzaddikim don't want people to feel bad. That's why he is saying he wants mechilah. But you don't really believe he's really an honest person. No one believes that. Why should they believe that? To believe this far-fetched story? They'll say you're an even bigger tzaddik. The guy stole a thousand golden coins from you, and you're willing to make amends and tell him, no, come back. So you're such a tzaddik. But no one's going to believe, no one's going to do business with me. So Shash says, good point, let me think. He says, I have an idea. Do you have any children? He says, yes, I have an older daughter, no one wants to go with her because they think I'm a crook. Do you mind if I meet with her? Yeah, sure, meet with her. Lovely young lady. He goes, I think you'd be perfect for my son. Now you have to understand, his son, Matityahu, was at the top of every Shadchan's list. He was the son of the Rishash. He was Tamil Chacham, Anav, wealthy, good looking, as they say in Yiddish, Alamadlis. He had all, everything going for him. Everyone wanted to be, be married to him. And he had Shaduchim coming left and right. The Rishash says, I have to speak with my son. Let me speak and see if we can make a Shaduch. Because if I make a Shaduch with you, that means that I really do trust you. I want to make a Shaduch with a Gana. If you're, if you're a round family, I would never do a Shaduch with you whatsoever. So let's do that. So he went. Back to Vilna, called in his son, Matatiao, he says, would you be willing to go out with this young lady? She seems like a very fine young lady. And I promise you, if it's something that's matim lecha, and you think that's a good shidduch, yes, you can get one of the best shidduchim in the world, but look at this, you're going to restore a family, a Jewish family, because we as a people have an achrayot. If Hashem gave us a position of leadership and power, we have to make the world a better place. Matatiao, are you with me? And Matatiao says, Abba, if she's matim, then I'm going to do it. He went out with her. And they got married. And if you look on Wikipedia, next to Google, they, they cite that Matetio Strassen was wealthier than his father ten times over. And I say it's because of what he did for his dad. Because of the fact that he went out of his way and said, I am willing to listen to my father and do what was asked of me, even though I could have gotten the best and whatever, I did what was asked of me because I have a chayut, I have a responsibility. That's a person who gets bracha in their life. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.